1: I became a Christian like two weeks before my 24th birthday. Uh, I had kind of interrupted my college, but I was well on my way to getting that journalism degree from San Francisco State. Uh, And I was being
0: trained to be a skeptic and an explorer. That's Pastor Dave Smith, one of the associate pastors at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, the director of senior ministries, marriage ministries, singles ministries, support groups, Celebrate Recovery, and counseling. He has a full plate, (laughs) to uh, say the least. He's going to be sharing his testimony today and tomorrow here on Study Verse by Verse. I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and you can find out more about the church at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Dave shared this uh, testimony back in 2016, An election year, and you might feel some of the flavor of that as you listen. So
1: many people today are vying for power. They want political power. They want economic power. They want personal power. But there was something written about the first century Christians, which I hope is still being written about us today in the 21st century, and it's this. These are not people who live for the love of power. These are people who live by the power of love. And the the pagan Romans observed that. Of course, some of them stopped being pagan and started being Christian. When they saw that kind of power. So, I don't know how long it took Rick Warren to craft... The opening sentence of his book, The Purpose Driven Life, but it is one of the best opening sentences of a book I've ever read. It says this It's not about you. Your life is not about you. Your life is about serving the God who created you. And that book has sold multiple millions of copies. However, as popular as it is, there are people who don't like that book. And, and there was uh, an agnostic professor uh, who wrote a response to it. I saw it in a Barnes and Noble bookstore one time. He titled his book "The Me-Driven Life," and the subtitle is "A Response to Rick Warren." Uh, I didn't buy the book, but I did, you know, read the <laughs> read the opening line. Uh, and I don't think anybody else bought the book either, because nobody's heard of it. <laughs> but this was his opening line. Of course my life is all about me. This life is all about me. Who else could it be about? And that's really one of the central questions that really doesn't get asked by people with doubts, but I, but I think it underlies it. Who's going to be the center of the universe? You? You? Or God? Okay? So, today's question, Will becoming a Christian cost me my freedom? Will becoming a Christian cost me my freedom? And I said, this is one of the questions that I had before I became a Christian. I became a Christian like two weeks before my 24th birthday. Uh, I had kind of interrupted my college, but I was well on my way to getting that journalism degree from San Francisco State uh, and I was being trained to be a skeptic and an explorer, because okay, that's what journalists do. They explore life. They're searching for the truth, you know, and that really motivated me. That really got to me. That, that was my passion, uh, and I didn't want anything to interfere with that, so becoming a Christian would put a damper on all that because there were certain things I, I couldn't explore, so I was afraid of particular kinds of losses, I cannot be myself if I give my life to Christ. Now, I remember even in my high school days, uh, my mother would notice that I was down and she'd say, what's wrong? And I'd go, I'm, I'm searching for myself. And my mother was very practical. She simply told me to go to the mirror and look. I was right there. But I didn't know who I was. More on that in a bit. I'll not be allowed to think for myself. I'll have to be thinking other people's thoughts. I'll have to adjust my lifestyle to dull and boring, right? Like all the Christians I know. Oh, you can be just like me. (laughs) Or, you know, those parodies that they love to do on Saturday Night Live, the church lady. Could it be Satan? And I was thinking, there goes my fun. All right? I'm just going to become a big sourpuss. Or I'll lose any opportunity for promotion or advancement. Because in the career that I chose, which was journalism, you did not want to be an outspoken Christian because they put a lid on you. You couldn't advance to, to certain levels. And that's true. It was true in universities when I was in the university, and it's even more true today in universities, especially in the sciences. You cannot advance beyond a particular point. Uh, they're afraid of you having power, authority and opinions even. Or And this one really got to me: "No, no, I can't become a Christian. I'll become a Republican. No!" <laughs> now, to be fair, I also loved the joke by um, Will Rogers. You know, back in the 1940s, he was once asked if he was a member of an organized political party. And he said, uh, no, I'm, I'm a Democrat. <laughs> That's probably true of all the political parties today, though. And I had a college professor who was fond of saying a conservative is simply a 40-year-old liberal with two teenage daughters. Okay. Because your values change, your ideas of how the laws should work, they, they all change as you get older, as you get more responsibilities. And, and I guess part of that fear in me, remember, I was in my 20s, I didn't want to get older, and I certainly didn't want to grow old and curmudgeonly, right? So, and, and that's how I had, had to kind of put Christians in a box. But underneath all of those objections is this. I don't want to give up control of me, right? Right? Especially to anyone or anything that's going to restrict my thoughts and or my behavior. And that can be translated into, I'm afraid of becoming a robot. Right? You become a Christian, it's just a little cookie cutter. Everybody's got to dress the same way, think the same way, have the same haircuts. Right? I'm looking out at this audience and boy, is that not true. Right? <laughs> In fact, pretty much the only people who wear ties to church are the preachers.
0: Right?
1: But if you wear a tie... God bless you. If you like to dress up, dress up. right? Dress up. Don't let the culture define whether you can wear a tie or not. right? That's part of freedom. Or I'm going to become a parrot. I'm simply going to be reading this book and then parroting what it says. Or I'm going to be stigmatized. Or I'm going to become prejudiced or narrow-minded. Not realizing that that very statement is narrow-minded. That very statement is narrow-minded because it's not taking into account what's really true about Christians, the diversity that we experience. But even underneath all that, I liked what the Bible called sin. Okay? In my exploring life, I wanted to be like Ernest Hemingway, and you know in his books, you know, they're always at the bars, they're always up all night drinking and then running with the bulls in the morning. And that's not in Chicago, that's in Pamplona, okay? <laughs> And I wanted the freedom to be able to do all that. But if I became a Christian, well, then, you know, those activities couldn't happen. And I would not be able to explore life. But a lot of these objections are based on misconceptions about the nature of what choice is, what truth is, what morality is, what freedom really is, and sin itself. So let's take a look at some of this stuff. The nature of choice. You know, by definition... Choice is limiting. If I choose A, I'm not choosing B. That's by definition, correct? Okay. So every time a choice is made, there is an automatic limitation. However, our culture likes to call itself pro-choice because we like to have this big smorgasbord of choices out there and we want to be able to choose everything and do everything without any consequences. You know, every year we celebrate the 4th of July. That's supposed to be a historical reminder of our breakaway from England and, and starting a new nation. What it generally is, though, is a celebration of my personal independence. And in America, that means I can have anything I want, I can do anything I want, I can be anything I want, with anyone I want, and somebody else pays for it. That's independence in our nation. But when we make choices, we automatically restrict ourselves. First, getting a job. If you get a job, you're automatically being restricted. You now have to get up at a certain time. You now have to commute to a certain location. You now have to maybe wear a uniform or a certain kind of uh, dress code. Uh, and you have to perform according to your boss's goals because they have bosses over them. And the company has a mission and you're a part of all of that to get that accomplished. So that's restrictive. Once you're working, you're not doing something else. You're not working and at the beach unless you're a lifeguard. Okay? (laughs) Joining the Army. Talk about restrictive. They even tell you when to go to bed and when to get up. Uh, Pastor Jeff was uh, telling us a story this past week about his days in the Marine Corps. And he had a buddy who came back from leave with a very horrible sunburn. And he was charged with destruction of government property. <laughs> True story. He was punished because that sunburn restricted his activities. They, he was a soldier. He was supposed to be here and there, and he couldn't do it because of the sunburn. Okay. When you fall in love, you automatically choose one person over everybody else in the world. Right? Getting married the same way. And following Jesus has aspects of all those things. When you become a Christian, you get a job title called disciple. And as a disciple, you have responsibilities to get to know him, to get to know what your gifts are, to find your place of ministry, and to participate in that great mission called the Great Commission to share the gospel.
0: That's Pastor Dave Smith, one of the associate pastors at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and we're sharing his testimony today and tomorrow here on Study Verse by Verse. If you're a new listener, this is an outreach of Church of the Highlands, and details about the church can be found on the website highlands.us. Ministry and worship is continuing to all age groups and across the weekends those specifics are on the website, and you can join with us as a financial partner or perhaps share a prayer concern, a need you might have, when you uh, just click on the contact link on the homepage of highlands.us. We'd love to know that you're listening. That would be a tremendous encouragement to us. Again, the contact link is on the homepage at highlands.us. Have a blessed rest of your day and join us tomorrow for the balance of this testimony as we share another edition of Study verse by verse.